Welcome to the Art of Unraveling podcast. My name is Erin McGuire, and I'm an empowerment coach and guide here to empower you into feeling completely worthy of a business and life that you love. This podcast is the place to learn how to unravel anything keeping you from that abundant, beautiful life that you so deserve. Nothing is off limits here as we navigate life through psychology, science, and spirit. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to The Art of Unraveling. So today we're doing something brand new to the podcast, and that is I'm going to be bringing somebody in once a month to do an interview with. And these interviews are really based around what we've been talking about in here and it's the art of unraveling, right? So we, we get raveled up is kind of a word I like to use. We get raveled up in all these different ways that we've talked about in the podcast through our parental conditioning, societal conditioning, and being in school, dealing with classmates, our siblings, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we get, we get raveled by all the different things that happen to us in life. And those experiences, whether traumatic or just regular day-to-day experiences, they end up shaping who we are in a lot of ways. And that's kind of what we're here to talk about so that we can, the reason I wanted to do this in more of an interview fashion is because I share a lot about my own personal experiences, but I thought it would be interesting to also hear how other people get raveled and what other people are currently dealing with and kind of what they've learned from that. And at the end of this, I'm going to do a little healing or coaching work, however that flows with the person that I'm interviewing. So I hope you enjoy these, these new series that we're doing. And today I have a very special guest with me. Her name is Sarah Ann, and I've known her for several years. I believe she came to one of my very first workshops that I taught in Dubuque, Soul on Fire or Empowered Women. I'm not sure which one. They're both the same. I just, I changed the names. That's just me. So Sarah, tell me a little bit, tell us a little bit about yourself, just who you are, what you do. I mean, those, that doesn't make you as a person, but whatever you just, a few tidbits about yourself that you want to share. Well, thank you, Erin. Um, like you said, I'm Sarah. I am, you know, I live in this small town. I am a preschool teacher. I love children. <laughs> I love my, I have two littles of my own, but I teach children three to five. You know, I love to be out in nature. I love gardening. That's my thing. It helps me ground and relax. Like you said, that's just not who I am. There's bigger things of who I am. I am, I like the recovering perfectionist. You know, we're all working towards that recovery stage. The needing to do kind of comes hard for me, but can parallel with being a perfectionist, you know, because like if you're always doing, is it perfect? When, you know, when do you know when it's done? I have quite the little story, but you know, like the small little bits. I was adopted when I was eight years old by my step-grandparents, grew up kind of like in a dysfunctional family. A lot of my, I would say, you know, your big T, little T traumas, my big stuff came like when I was very small, like two and under. But then like, I would say more of the dysfunction trauma came like in those young elementary school ages, teenage years. 
And then, you know, like big things in life happen. You have these huge breakups, you have loved ones that are lost that can just like trigger a, like a healing shift, a healing shift of, to see life differently. And, you know, like I've had some big awarenesses on things of why I do what I do and where they came from. We, I think we can all relate to that and to what you're talking about there. So it does sound like you've had your fair share of experiences that, you know, would make anybody different. So you said you grew up with your step-grandparents. Is there anything more you want to share about that? You know, yeah. why did you grow up with your step-grandparents? Well, you know, like brought into this earth with some biological parents and, you know, I, my biological mom was always in my life. I've never known my biological dad. You know, it is, I just have always lived with like, it is what it is. You're meant to know who you're supposed to know. But my mom, my biological mom just like was not in a good space for like to raise her own kids on her own. So my birth mom met this guy when she was already pregnant with me. They then had another child. That child was my sister who I grew up with. And then like her dad's parents kind of took me in when my mom was kind of not in a place to be raising kids. And so they kind of just, they took us in, they raised us. They eventually adopted us when I was like eight years old. And then just kind of like grew up with them and only knew that lifestyle and what was going on. You know, and like I said, that that was its own dysfunction in itself. You know, there's a lot of things that my sister and I went through as young, young babes that should have been brought to attention, been nurtured, cared for that like wasn't, you know, so we just were taught to shove it down, shove it down, shove it down. And, you know, now as I'm an adult and have my own children, I have my, I would say like have more awareness in the relationships that I have you see these like little patterns and like little things that pop up from your childhood that you didn't even know was going on then because you were in such survivor mode. For real. Yes. Yeah, totally. Well, I'm, first of all, I just want to say, I'm sorry that, you know, that that happened for you, that you didn't get to grow up with a loving mom and a loving dad. And it makes me want to talk about another story, but I want to stay focused here. (laughs) Just that I I witnessed last weekend uh, at a wedding, this is a podcast for another day, but like it was my partner's uh, friend's wedding. And you could just tell like it was a loving mom and a loving dad. And, you know, like just she's young and she's successful because like it, it just was a moment of me sitting there watching like this is what having good Mm. parents does for you. Right. And yeah. yeah, So I, you know, I, you know, I can relate to what you're talking about. And I just want to say, I'm sorry that you didn't get to have that experience. Well, namaste on that. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I know. So Sarah, you, you mentioned perfectionism kind of at the beginning of, of you talking perfectionism and, and doing a lot how do you, would you say those are the things you're struggling with right now that feel kind of hard that you're kind of coming up against? In one oh, way yeah. Or another? oh yeah, for sure. I, how's it showing up for you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, perfection, like 
I, it's not right or wrong, but we all have this idea of like what a mom is supposed to be, what a friend is supposed to be. And you're trying to do all the things for everybody and trying to be the best that you can for everybody. So it just like, it's, it wears you down, you know, like I, I strongly just want to be the best mom. And that's, that's probably like my biggest thing in life is the healing around the mother stuff, because, you know, I, for so long have strived to be what I, I wanted to be the opposite of what I grew up with both, Mm -hmm uh, biologically and adoptively. I just knew I didn't want to be that. So I've tried so hard to be this quote unquote, perfect mom. And what does a perfect mom look like? (laughs) You know, what, what do they look like? My kids obviously chose me for a reason and, you know, letting, letting the perfectionism go, you know, quit the not being so hard on ourselves. Cause like we are perfect. They were perfect for them. I should say. Yeah, of course. Well, what is your, I'm curious what your brain tells you a perfect mom is. Cause we all have this story, right? Like when things come up, it's, you know, so what does your brain tell you a perfect mom does? Oh man. Okay. So my, my perfect mom brain says that, you know, my kids should be eating healthy snacks and healthy meals all the time. My house should be clean all the time. I should be hanging out with my kids all the time. You know, like you think you have to be like all the things like the fit mom, the Pinterest mom, the hands-on mom, you know, there's the list literally goes on and on to like, that's not, it's physically, mentally, and emotionally impossible to be all of those things all the time. Right. You know, so I've just really been trying to give myself the grace of finding the balance. Yeah. That is like what motherhood has taught me so far in my journey is just like, you can't necessarily win every day, but you can try your best every day. You know, you can just try. So, you know, like they may have, (laughs) they may have pancakes for supper and breakfast the next day, but like, Hey, they're getting carrot sticks for snack. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Balance. Balance. It's all about balance. Yeah. How would you feel? How do you feel the perfectionism that you struggle with today, which is so common, so many of us struggle with? How do you feel that being connected to how you grew up? Was there... And maybe you don't know, like, I don't think everybody makes those connections, but I'm curious if you have made a connection with, with why you might struggle with that so much. Well, like I could, there's like a different couple ways. I feel like this could go because I think like one of the ways is that I never had the active in my life, mom, like my birth mom never, I think kind of like lost contact with us with the adoption. She, you know, chose to not be in our life. Um, but then my step grandma like worked all the time. So I like never saw her. So, you know, like I didn't, I never really had a vision of what a mom was supposed to be, you know, but I idolized all these other moms who seemed to have it all together. You know, like they were the mm-hmm. moms who I loved going to their house because they had snacks after pool days. They had, movie dates with their kids, you know, and it wasn't something that I had. And I didn't want my kids to feel what I was feeling when I was young. So I've just, you know, I don't know. It's hard. It's tricky. It's tricky. And then, you know, like I just remember the, I wouldn't say that I put 
this pedestal up for my mom, but like my grandpa, he just, he needed to have perfection. Like he, I feel like he felt he needed to see perfection. He needed to, to his standards, you know, like it had to be what he wanted to be. So I feel like that's probably like a core thing deep in there that I still am trying to um, get validation from that. Oh, for sure. That's amazing awareness too, by the way. (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) And let's just say it doesn't come without the heartache of it. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Of course. How do you feel? I mean, uh, you know, I know it affects you in being a mom, but do you see perfectionism affecting you in any other way? I mean, I can just share, I know something about you. I don't know if you are open to me sharing this or not, but I know that you have a desire to, to work with littles, little people, children, uh, in kind of doing your own, your own thing outside of school, like some workshops and things like this in the summertime. Do you feel like perfectionism shows up and kind of stops you from putting more of your ideas and your projects out into the world? I'm just curious. I know it has done that for me. I'm just curious. I'm just curious because you, we don't know, you know, like a thousand percent, Erin. Yes, Erin, like you said, I am trying to put my knowledge, my words, my shine out there to help these like littles to help the world. And I've done a couple workshops, you know, but it's definitely held me back in that I feel like it has to be, you know, like it just, you have, we have these expectations and this expectation I have on it is like, well, so many kids would be there and they would go and learn this. And I would blah, blah, blah. You know, the list goes on of like, you need the perfectionism in order to make you happy. So, you know, like I was very blessed with my first workshop, very blessed. Um, I had a very good turnout and then, you know, got on the like, soul high, I'll call it a soul high of like wanting to do more. And I did my next one and it kind of just like, didn't turn out really, you know, like I just through different events, people saying they were coming, they didn't come just like little things, little things that happened and it's okay. You know, I had a big, huge thing happen that weekend. So I'm sure it was the universe's plan to take the time to rest, but that bummed me out, you know, cause I felt like, oh man, that's a fail. That is a fail because I didn't achieve the goal that I had put out there, you know, and I'm like cards on the table, like haven't really done much with it since I've like dabbled with it. I've planned things, but to actually make the jump and do it has definitely been held back. Yeah. I mean, perfectionism will do that to us, right? It's just like, and, you know, maybe a little bit of fear of failure in there too. And I'm just, I may, I might be projecting because I, I, the similar things happen for me too. Like, it's just a part of being human, right? That we, we don't want to fail. We want it to be good. We want people to get a lot out of what we put out. Yeah. So it sounds like perfectionism is affecting you in multiple areas as it does. It's not just a one and done kind of thing. Okay, Sarah, so you mentioned perfectionism, and as you know, I am a coach and a healer and do energy healing, and I know you've done it with me before, but would you be open to doing a little bit of healing around perfectionism today? Yes, Erin, I would love to do that with you today. Yay. 
And I'm sure those listening can all, we can all benefit from so many people struggle with perfectionism and it literally does stop us from putting our work out into the world, whatever that is, you know, and it takes us out of the present moment too. It makes us be in our head and kind of living in that place. So it's just, it's wise for all of us to really look at where we get stuck around perfectionism. I know I have a perfectionist part. The one thing I just want to start with that, because a lot of people listening are not familiar with my work. So one thing I just want to start with is let's just take the right hand over the heart and we can all do this. Those listening can do this too. And just close our eyes because what tends to happen is I know for myself, I can get really frustrated at my perfectionist part because it is in a way blocking me from doing what I want to do. So I can get really mad at it sometimes and not bring compassion to it. But as we know, what we resist persists. So we want to just tune in, Sarah, and those of you listening to the part of you that feels be a perfectionist. Okay. I just want you to tune into her and almost see it as a separate part of you. It's a part of you, but it's not you. It's not self with a capital S, Sarah. It's not Sarah with a capital S. It's, it's just a part. And can you find some understanding for this part of you? What do, what do you feel like, Sarah, that this part of you is trying to do? To feel loved. Ultimately, it's to feel loved. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're just trying to be everything for everybody else and not necessarily themselves at that time. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel like when you're trying to be perfect, it's a sense of like trying to protect yourself? Like that part of you is trying to protect you in some way? Oh, yeah. Because if I'm perfect, then I don't mess up and people can't judge me if I mess up. Mm. I'm writing that down. If I'm perfect, (laughs) then I don't mess up. I was going to say, there's just nothing to judge. Like when you quote unquote are perfect, there's just nothing to judge. Right. What's the worst thing that would happen if somebody judges you? Like, honestly, like what your brain tells you, not (laughs) consciously. What my brain tells me weirdly enough, like I don't, it's weird, Aaron, because like I I feel this and I don't feel this. It's almost like a yin and yang. Is that mm-hmm. like it? My brain tells me that people won't like me if I'm not perfect. Oh, there we go. Like I have to like, it's almost like a weird ego thing. Like I put myself on a pedestal, you know, but it has to be this like perfect vision of myself. Well, if I could interject, yeah. to me, people won't like me if I'm not perfect can be directly correlated to what you were talking about with your, like you said, your grandfather had these very specific expectations yeah. of perfectionism. Oh, yeah. So we talk about that in the podcast, right? If we, one of our top needs is love and connection and we'll do whatever it takes to get that because in a way that's where, what our survival is wrapped up in. Like your survival was wrapped up in this man liking you so that yeah. you could get 
food, shelter, clothing, you know, just on a real biological level. So of course we're not aware of this, but when we can look at it that way, it's like, that's how you got programmed, right? Is if I'm perfect, then I'll receive love. If I'm perfect, people will like me. Exactly that. Exactly that, Erin. Yeah. It's not fun to look at this. I know, but thanks, <laughs> yeah. thanks for bearing with me here. Yeah. Is that bringing up anything for you that you want to share or? Are you oh, like- it makes me feel icky. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I'm definitely at a, an openness for this energy healing because that's not a fun feeling to sit in. No, it's, it's not, not a fun feeling to hang on to. No. And I'm going to make you feel better in just a moment. so just take your right hand over your heart and let's just tap into that feel that icky feeling for just one more second okay because we don't want to we never want to bypass the feelings and we want to teach our nervous systems too that we can feel uncomfortable feelings and still be okay so I just want you to just breathe into that ickiness for a moment where do you feel it in your body I feel it like in my stomach and heart area okay does it have any kind of picture or color associated? It doesn't have to, but just curious if it has an image or a color. Um, I would say like a deep red color, okay. kind of like a deep red, but not like out of a good deep red. Yeah. Okay. Just take a few more deep breaths into that icky. And it may or may not have anything to share with you, but does it have, is there any message that this icky feeling has to share with you? Does it have something to say, something it wants to say? That it's okay to not be liked. It's okay to be different. It's okay to go your own way. Okay. Is that you analyzing, just out of curiosity, is that you analyzing the feeling or is that really what it had to say? Well, I feel like both. Okay. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) I feel like the icky feeling just wants me to feel safe Mm. because I don't feel safe a lot, but my analyzing part tries to give me the affirmations to say, it's Mm -hmm. okay. You know, no one is perfect. Nothing is perfect. We are going to be okay. Beautifully said. So it sounds like that's where you've developed some, some care for yourself, some self-care where you, when you're feeling, as you said, unsafe, you have a voice also within you that says that, that has learned how to calm you down a bit. Is that right? Yeah, that was a, a trauma learned thing, but also a self-awareness mm-hmm. learned thing. That's beautiful. And also another protective mechanism because these parts of us don't want us to feel these icky feelings. Oh yeah. that's okay. Like we want to acknowledge that, that they're there to help us survive difficult situations. I mean, we can't walk around feeling terrible when we're little kids. Like we need to be able to, you know, survive. So that's where these parts were developed but we also want to acknowledge that oftentimes they're blocking us from feeling the very things we need to feel to move through the places where we're stuck. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, we just, we're just kind of talking this out, walking through this together. 
It's my favorite thing. I love journeying with people. Yeah. You're doing amazing, Sarah. Thanks for being so vulnerable. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, it's a baby step, Erin. Baby steps. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So last thing I just want to ask is you said before we do the energy healing, you said you don't feel safe often. Is that mm-hmm. just anything you want to say to that? Like any particular things that make you feel unsafe? I just think it, you know, it definitely comes from the non-stability in my life yeah. when I was very young. So now when it comes in my life, it can definitely show up in when my relationship can be rocky, you know, my Mm. automatically that trauma response automatically comes up that I am not safe. Something is going to happen. That's, you know, it puts me in survivor mode when reality is like, we're supposed to have like little molehills. That's part of life, you know, Mm -hmm. but my trauma response only knows those molehills, you know, that was my normal was molehills. Yeah. And so it just puts me in that survivor state. So when big things come up in my life, like job changes, having kids, losing my best friend, like that was some big safety. I don't feel safe kind of moments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that takes time to come back from. And it's, it's a constant checking in with yourself, you know, for when you get dysregulated more to come on those, on those Mm -hmm. topics. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and do a little energy healing now. And uh, just a quick thing for those of you listening. So the type of energy healing I do is called theta clearing. And it's where I go into a theta brainwave state. And in that space, I can access, you know, all there, all that is, and I'm able to clear blocks in the subconscious mind. So I know that might sound completely crazy out there for some of you that have never heard anything like this before, but uh, it requires you to be open-minded for this to work. So obviously Sarah is, she's done this with me before and it's kind of just like getting Reiki, but we're gonna be talking out loud the specific beliefs we want to clear because your subconscious, it is kind of like what the way I see it one way is it's a really messy house. And you got a bunch of stuff in there. It's like, think of like a hoarder's house, right? There's like furniture stacked on top of furniture and old newspapers from the sixties. And there's just all kinds of stuff in there. And you got to clear out that junk The, in other words, the beliefs that are no longer working for you in order to make space for allowing in the new. And so that's, that's essentially what theta healing does. And it, you know, it's a process of, yeah, just switching out old, outdated belief systems picked up in childhood and replacing it with, with new. One thing I do want to share about this, when I do the energy healing part, I do yawn sometimes. So you guys listening, you may hear me kind of yawning a little bit. That is not something I'm doing on purpose. That started several years ago in doing this work. And it's always my sign that the energy is being released. And when it stops, I know that the the energy is finished. So, okay. So I do have a couple beliefs here, Sarah, and I'll just go ahead and, and clear those. Sarah and I are not in the same room. I have clients all over the country, all over the world. I don't have to be in the same room with you. Energy works wherever we are. 
Okay, Sarah, so I just want you to find a nice comfortable seat if you're not there already and just begin to close your eyes. And those of you at home can do the same. And let's just take in a nice deep inhale through the nose, hold the breath. Open your mouth, exhale. One more like that, inhale and hold the breath. Open the mouth, exhale. This time I want you to imagine that there's a golden light hovering just above the crown of your head. Take in a nice deep inhale and imagine that golden light comes in through the crown of your head and begins to wash over every single part of your being. So hold your breath as you do this and imagine the golden light swirling throughout your entire body. And it's a special healing golden light that picks up any stress, any tension or negativity that you may be holding. And as you exhale, I want you to visualize thick black clouds of smoke that go out through the soles of your feet down into the earth, releasing all of that stress, all of that tension, all of that negativity. Let's do one more like that. Inhale, golden light comes in. Hold the breath, swirl that golden light throughout your entire being. Hold the breath, keep swirling it. Maybe send it to a place that feels tight or tense in your body. And as you exhale, thick black clouds of smoke out through the soles of the feet down into the earth, releasing all of that junk. Good, just placing Sarah in a sacred circle of golden light. Only the highest vibration of love and light is invited into that space. Anything else stays outside of that. And Sarah, you're welcome to call in any of your guides or angels that you call on to to be in this, this short healing session with us today. I can manage to change the belief for Sarah. And so may, I better just explain that really quickly too. So the things that I say, I command to change the belief for Sarah. And then I share the belief and I'll say why to, how to, what will happen if you do release this, it's safe to, it's possible, et cetera. That is for the subconscious. If we don't say that, you know, these beliefs that we have, they have in one way or another been keeping us safe. So to just release it without some sort of uh, wording is the subconscious isn't going to do that. So that's the reason we have this thing that we say each time. So let me get back into that. I can manage to believe for Sarah that she has to be the perfect mom, that she needs to be the perfect mom in order to be safe, in order to not no longer pass anything down onto her children the way she felt growing up and to avoid judgment of herself and of others why to how to what will happen if you do release this it's safe to it's possible you know how to live your daily life without it and you know what it feels like to live without it if you'd like this just say yes yes I command a change of belief for Sarah that messing, if she messes up, people are going to judge her. And if people are judging her, it means they're unable to like her, that they, that they, that she's unlovable, unlikable, 
that she's not good enough to be loved, to be liked by people. So she must avoid messing up at all costs and, and therefore be perfect. Why to, how to, what will happen if you do release this? It's safe to, it's possible. You know how to live your daily life without it. And you know what it feels like to live without it. If you'd like this, just say yes. Yes. Last belief here. I command a change belief for Sarah that she feels unsafe often. Why to, how to, what will happen if you do release this? It's safe to, it's possible. You know how to live your daily life without it and you know what it feels like to live without it. If you'd like this, just say yes. Yes. command a change of belief for Sarah that it's safe to mess up. It's safe to be in the world, that she can be in the world and begin to feel more and more safe, that it's safe to be imperfect and that she no longer has to be perfect in order to protect herself. Why to, how to, what will happen if you do allow this? It's safe to, it's possible. You know how to live your daily life with it and you know what it feels like to live with it. If you'd like this, just say yes. Beautiful, Sarah. Take a nice big inhale, stretch the arms over the head. Nice big stretch. And then just kind of shake your arms out a little bit. Good. And then settle back down, coming back into this time and space. How are you feeling? I definitely feel better. My stomach like had a knot in it before and it does not feel that way now. Oh, nice. Well, you said stomach was one of the places you were holding. Yeah. That icky feeling. Yeah. And it definitely feels like lighter, like more fluid, I should say. Awesome, Sarah. Well, thank you. Thank you, Erin. Thank you. This has just been so fun. I hope this Mm -hmm. is helpful for other people. And I guess one last question I have for you is, What is something you would tell somebody else who is in the middle of unraveling something like perfectionism or just stuck in the middle of like a rough situation in general? Well, growing and healing is hard work. It's big work. You know, it's not, it's not something to just take lightheartedly sometimes. And it's going to bring up these like uh, yucky feelings. And like you said, you know, instead of shaming that part of us, if we can just validate that part of us and help us to ground ourselves in whatever way that that might be affirmations, grounding in the earth, you know, just grounding the feeling down to give it a safe space to feel. And by giving ourselves like love and grace all the time, you know, like we're all learning, we're all learning to, we're just all learning in this journey. 
I don't, in the learning comes the quote unquote mistakes. But to me, those are like the biggest stepping stones for learning and that we can do hard things. You know, I use that. That's a common phrase in my household. That's a common phrase in my classroom is that you can do hard things. Yes. Yes, you can. It doesn't feel like it sometimes, but you can. You're right. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for being my first interviewee and for being so gracious and open and vulnerable. And I know your story and what you've shared today will help other people. And that's, that's why we're, we're doing this whole thing anyway. So thank you for being here. Of course. Thank you. And as always, thank you for listening. If you want any support in whatever journey you're going through right now, you know where to find me. I do one-on-one work with people. I also have some programs and I do have a new nervous system program that's coming out soon. And you can reach out to me about that on Pure Light Healing at Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. You can also email me at thesensitiveceo at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you soon. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you liked this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. If you would like to connect with me more, you can find my website, my services, and my social media links all in the description of this episode. Remember, you are a beautiful and divine and powerful being, and it's time to own it.